Hello, I'm delighted you can join us on Search for Truth. A warm welcome. It's come as a bit of a shock to realise we're almost at the end of another year. Do you remember the millennium with all the scare stories about computers crashing because of the millennium bug? Even Scotland's fire service achieved blue status in readiness for it in 1999, having spent two years in preparation. But the millennium came and went, and it'll soon be 2016. World events seem to move at a faster pace these days, or it might just appear so to me as I get older. In a few moments, Brian will be bringing us the last talk of 2015 in our series called Hope for Humanity. He's called this one Which Virgin Birth? And here's Brian to tell us more. Thanks, John. A lot of people say, no way can I believe in a virgin birth. They imply that it would be crazy to believe in such a thing. But really, every person, every single one of us, is committed to belief in a virgin birth, whether we realise it or not. You see, there are two kinds of virgin birth. There's, of course, the one we find in chapter 1 of Luke's Gospel. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Okay, you say, yes, that's the virgin birth Christians say they believe in. But tell me, what other virgin birth is there? Well, a Princeton professor, Peter Singer, who is one of the world's most influential atheists, has stated, We can assume that somehow, in the primeval soup, we got collections of molecules that became self-replicating, and I don't think we need any miraculous or mysterious explanation. Wait a minute, how is that not a mysterious explanation? Or take the brilliant Cambridge physicist Stephen Hawking's latest attempt to propose an atheistic explanation for our universe. He says, the universe can and will create itself from nothing. Spontaneous creation is the reason there is something rather than nothing. Why the universe exists. Why we exist. He's talking, in effect, about the birth of the universe, isn't he? And he's saying he believes, because he certainly can't prove it, he believes the universe just spontaneously created itself out of nothing and out of nowhere. No one or nothing else was involved in the birth of the universe. It was a virgin birth. You see, it's not a matter of whether we believe in a virgin birth. It's just a matter of which virgin birth we choose to accept. Either the virgin birth of the universe or the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Either the virgin birth of the whole creation or the virgin birth of the Creator. We can believe in the virgin birth of an atheistic universe that is indifferent to us. A universe where there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil and no good. Nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. Or we can believe in the virgin birth of a creator who loves us so deeply that he came to be born among us and to live beside us, to call us family and friends and to give himself the name God with us. Let's explore the chance option a bit further. That's the atheistic view that talks about the virgin birth 
of the universe as occurring all by chance. The poet Steve Turner has written about such a thing, saying, If chance be the father of all flesh, disaster is his rainbow in the sky. And when you hear, state of emergency, sniper kills ten, troops on rampage, whites go looting, bomb blast school, it is but the sound of man worshipping his maker. I'm sure his brilliant satire isn't lost on you. He begins by saying, if chance be the father of all flesh. One professor who believed in chance being our father said this, we are here because one odd group of fishes had a peculiar fin anatomy that could transform into legs for terrestrial creatures. We are here because comets struck the earth and wiped out dinosaurs, thereby giving mammals a chance not otherwise available. So thank your lucky stars in a literal sense. We are here because the earth never froze entirely during an ice age. We are here because a small and tenuous species, arising in Africa a quarter of a million years ago, has managed, so far, to survive by hook and by crook. We may yearn for a higher answer, but none exists. This explanation, though superficially troubling, if not terrifying, is ultimately liberating and exhilarating. So said Professor Stephen Jay Gould. Let me ask you, is that exhilarating? Is that more sensible than belief in the virgin birth of Christianity? Once Malcolm Muggeridge might have thought so, but he faced up to the bankruptcy of that way of thinking and later in life embraced Christianity. And then he wrote, In one lifetime I have seen my own fellow countrymen ruling over a quarter of the world. I've heard a crazed, cracked Austrian proclaim to the world the establishment of a German Reich that would last a thousand years. An Italian clown announced that he would restart the calendar to begin with his own assumption of power. I've heard a murderous Georgian brigand in the Kremlin, acclaimed by the intellectual elite of the world as a wiser than Solomon. All in one little lifetime. All gone with the wind. Hitler and Mussolini dead, remembered only in infamy. Stalin, a forbidden name in the regime he helped to found and to dominate for some three decades. All in one lifetime, all gone, gone with the wind, behind the debris of these self-styled, sullen supermen and imperial diplomatists, there stands the gigantic figure of one person, because of whom, by whom, in whom and through whom alone mankind might still have hope, the person of Jesus Christ. In summary, he was saying, over the wreck of time, Standing tall above the debris of history is the person of Christ, a life so powerful it reset the clocks some 2,000 years ago, and in him alone forgiveness can be found. Let me close now by sharing an illustration about God's provision of forgiveness for the problem of human sin. I'm going to use the biblical example of a man called Saul, the first king of Israel. God said to him one day, you shall be changed into another man. Then the Bible confirms by telling us God changed his heart. That's what we also need. 
Saul had been out searching for some animals that had gone astray, when God, through his Old Testament prophet, spoke into his life's situation. God pictures us like straying animals who have all strayed away from him. If you read Saul's story, you'll find that in one day, God met him with his problem, provided for his needs, and gave him the power to be changed into a new person. Associated with these things were a hill, a tree, and a tomb. And it's because of a green hill far away outside a city wall, and because of the tree there on which Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for our sins, and because of the fact that his nearby tomb is now empty, that our deceitful, sin-sick heart, the source of all life's problems, can be changed by God and cleansed by faith. All God asks us to do is to turn from our self-centred, self-choosing, self-serving ways and come to Christ just as we are, because he'll change us. But come believing that the only remedy to the problem of your heart lies in God's provision at the cross of Jesus. There's no other power to change. Those who come to Christ find completeness in him and learn to worship God for the quickening of our conscience by his holiness, for the nourishing of our minds by his truth, for the enlarging of our hearts by his love, for the purifying of our imagination by his beauty, and for the submission of our wills to his purpose. That's how we can truly worship our maker.
I hope you enjoyed Brian's talk today and it's given you cause for thought. You can study this whole series of talks if you send for the transcript booklet, so if you'd like to receive one, make sure to let us have your postal address and ask for the title Hope for Humanity. You can order by email or by post, and I'm about to give you the contact details, so if you've a pen and paper to hand, you can make a note. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now you might be interested to know that many titles of Search for Truth transcript booklets have been turned into ebooks and are available at amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle hyphen ebooks. Uh, you just type Search for Truth series into the search box and you'll find them there. Now it's been great to have you with us today. Many thanks for your company. And next week our broadcast will be into January 2016. So we wish you all a very happy new year from all of us here at Search for Truth. So very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So goodbye and may God richly bless you. Dying for me.